What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I am so excited because I just looked at my calendar and I'm about three weeks out from my trip to South Africa. So if you're a first-time listener and you're like, what is she talking about South Africa? I am going on a four-month trip spending one month in different countries and the first one is Cape Town, South Africa. Then I'm going to Valencia, Spain, where I studied abroad when I was 21. So it's going to be very weird that I'm now 10 years older going back to the same spot, which was one of my favorite places on earth, then going to Lisbon, Portugal, and then ending in split Croatia. So if you've been to any of those places outside of Valencia, because I'm pretty familiar with Valencia, let me know everything. Co-working spaces, cafes, yoga studios, Pilates studios, cool things to do, cocktail bars, like I am ready to freaking explore and put my Dora the Explorer backpack on. Definitely is not Dora the Explorer, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so please send me all your recommendations. And one thing that I know people are wondering about because I've gotten a few DMs about it is how do you work and travel abroad? Because a lot of times when people hear the word travel, it immediately gets associated with vacation as if I'm literally just not working for four months. Um, eventually, I would love to get to that place where I don't have to work for four months. But guys, I have bills to pay too. And I do have to work. So I am working during this whole trip. And I'm able to do that because of how I've set up my business and my systems and my pricing and my models and everything. So that's why I have my remote job, which is podcast coaching. All I need to do that is a laptop and Wi-Fi. So if you have a laptop and Wi-Fi and you can do your job in any time zone, you could live and work abroad. Now, something that I will say is developing routines and habits before you go anywhere is pretty much essential in not losing your mind. For example, I know that I do really well going to workout classes because it gives me something to do. I'm moving my body. I'm held accountable because I paid for it. I'll probably meet like-minded people in the class or I just have a plan instead of sitting around in my room all day being like, hmm, what should I do? Where should I go with all this decision paralysis? I have a plan of just going to a yoga studio or a Pilates studio. And that's something I learned after years of traveling that I need to incorporate when I travel is booking exercise classes so that it gives me something to do. Another thing that I picked up in the last probably eight months is habit tracking. So I've talked about this on several episodes, including the one called How to Build Habits That Stick. I did not used to care at all about systems or routines or rituals or any of that. I actually used to find it so boring when people would ask about other people's morning routines on podcasts because I was like, who cares? Like, what a weird question. That's like asking me what my favorite like brush is. Like, I thought it was such an irrelevant question. And then I finally realized because we're fascinated with how people set up structures and systems within their day to be able to do what they do without getting burnt out. I always think of J.K. Rowling and writing seven best-selling absolute hits with the seven Harry Potter books. Like, where did she find the time? How did she structure those stories? How did she manage to put together seven back-to-back -back absolute bangers with Harry Potter? Like, that is fascinating. So I finally started to understand that question, and it made me realize I don't really have any systems or structures in place with my life. And then I started hearing about habits and habit stacking and habit tracking. And then Atomic Habits became like the number one book on the planet. And I slowly started to realize maybe I should look into this whole habits thing. So funny enough, when habits were starting to become on my radar is when I started working with Kelly Carlson, who is today's podcast guest. Her podcast is called One Bad Habit, and she's the go-to resource for micro habits. 
So as we started working together to get her podcast off the ground, I would listen to some of the files or she would send me ideas or we would talk about what she was going to be explaining on the podcast. And I'm like, this is really interesting. Like, why is habits such a buzzword? And then I slowly started reading Atomic Habits. I started following different people that were talking about habits, including Kelly. And I realized there's something to this. There's a reason why people are changing their lives, including my own family members, from creating really incredible habits. So I started habit tracking. I'm literally looking at posters right now in my room, and I have so many different ones for habit tracking. And this is now a practice that I'm going to bring with me abroad. This was something that was really important to me before I went on my trip was to use this downtime at home to build good habits so that when I go abroad, I'm not just flailing around, drowning underwater, trying to figure out how to create a routine for myself, especially switching time zones. I need some type of habits already built into my system that when I go there, it's just picking them up and, and moving to a different environment. So that's one way that I'm going to be adjusting abroad. And that's something that Kelly and I talk about today. We talk about habits, but we also zoom out and talk about how culture influences our habits as well as work ethic, because I think work ethic and habits somehow go hand in hand and we really get into different perspectives on that. We also talk about how breakups can fuel better habits. I don't know about you guys, but I always feel like when I go through a breakup, I'm like guaranteed to have a glow up, whether that's physically or mentally or financially or creatively, like something always happens after a breakup where I'm like, I need to channel this energy into something. This is how the podcast actually started was after a breakup. And then we talk about how habits even start, right? Because I remember hearing like building habits, building good habits. And I was like, snooze fest sounds boring don't want to do that I'm an Aquarius I like to live by the seat of my pants like who cares and it also just seemed overwhelming I'm like starting a new habit of like not eating sugar or working out five times a week when I was working out zero times a week that seems like a pretty big leap that I don't think I'm going to do anytime soon and I just assumed one day I would have willpower kick in and then that willpower would take me far and that never happened so we get into why baby steps are really how you start. And we also talk about what to do when you have a bad habit you want to break or one that you stop tracking that you really had a good consistency with. And you're like, oh, shit, I haven't done that in a while. How do you get back on the train, so to speak? How to make them fun and rewarding and how to set the right expectations for yourself? Because Kelly says that's something that we end up failing a lot because we don't set the correct expectations with ourselves. We're setting these expectations to like fly to the moon when we don't even know how to get into a rocket ship. You know what I mean? I don't know if that was a great example, but in my mind it worked. So hopefully you get it. So we talk about that and then how small wins create momentum. This was such a fun conversation because it reminded me of why I have it track and why it's been so helpful. And a lot of these things you won't even notice. Like there's things I do now that I'm like, I don't even realize that I do it. It's just become a part of my system and it's a part of my decision-making process that I don't have to compute anymore because it's a habit. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode, especially if you've been struggling with routine or structure or you're just like averse to it and you're like, no, ew, I hate it. Not for me. I think this episode might help you think about it from a different angle and definitely listen to Kelly's podcast because she talks about this at length. She's definitely the go-to podcast for micro habits and her Instagram, One Bad Habit at a Time, is so helpful in how to break bad habits and develop really amazing ones that will serve you and your energy. Before we dive into this week's episode, I just have two things I want to share with you all. And one of them I've been really scared to share and I know I'm overthinking it, 
but I am going to take a two to three week break from the podcast after today because I am preparing for that trip to go international. I read this quote that said nothing in nature blooms all year. And I was like, okay, I'm making that my phone background and tattooing that on myself. But I've been doing this podcast weekly pretty much for years. I was trying to calculate it. I'm like, I think since I've started, I've been pretty consistent. There's been one time where I took a long break back when I started it in the first year. But ever since then, I've been putting out weekly episodes. And I realized this trip is such a big change for me. I haven't traveled like this since last year. And even when I did it last year, it was like for four or five weeks. It wasn't for four months. I also don't know anybody. So there's just a lot of change about to happen. There's also a lot of stuff going on in my own personal life that I want to sort out. And it just reminded me like it's okay to take a break and rest so that you can come back with a brighter, clearer more full of creative ideas mind. And that's something I would encourage you all to think about, especially that it's summer. Summer has always been synonymous with taking a break. And it's kind of fascinating to me that I realize podcasters, if you don't have seasons or your your structure set up to take a break, you'll just never stop. Like you'll always keep going because you're like, oh, I got to be consistent. I got to post every week. And it's something that I often tell my clients not to do. I'm like, no, give yourself a break. You need that downtime so that you can come back bigger, badder, brighter, bolder, whatever other word you can think of. And it occurred to me, I haven't done that myself. So I am going to be taking a very mini short summer break, again, probably two to three weeks. And then when I come back, I'm going to be re-airing some episodes where I've been a guest. It's been really fun for me to be a guest on other people's podcasts because I get to tell my stories and different perspectives of my life that I maybe haven't shared on this podcast. So I was on Kelly's podcast. I was on this girl K-Sky's podcast. I was on Holisticism's podcast. And I just had so many different things to say. And I think it would be cool to share those. So I'm going to be re-airing some of those. And then, of course, when I get on the ground in these different countries, I want to do full-on travel episodes. I want to talk about working abroad, visas, dating, time zones, managing clients, adjusting to new cultures, the language barriers, what the customs are, the traditions. Like, I want to make a whole series about travel and, and digital nomad work. And I think that's what a lot of the content from July throughout probably October is going to be about. Of course, I will always take recommendations and your submissions to what you want to hear. But part of this break, too, is that the podcast has been the same for five years. It's pretty much been solo episodes where I talk for an hour or guest episodes where I interview someone for an hour. I've been wanting to shake it up a little bit. I want to add segments. I want to add advice columns. I want to do fun rapid fires or I want to give a high and low of the week. I just want to change up the format a little bit. But basically the way the podcast feels right now is a bullet train that I have never had the chance to get off of and find my footing and get back on. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm getting off the bullet train, looking at the map, seeing where I want to go, and then getting back on the bullet train. So that's all to say a break is coming. It's going to be very short. But the good thing about having a podcast for five years is I have over a 170 episodes that you can go listen to while I'm on this break. So if you want to go check out some of my earlier episodes, that would be really interesting to hear what I was talking about back in 2017. And then I'm going to make some recommendations based on some of my favorites, some listener favorites, some really interesting ones. Like there's just been really funny ones I've done too with my mom and my sister. So yeah, I'm going to recommend some for you guys to listen to, but I'll only be gone for two or three weeks and I'm going to be putting my creative genius cap on and coming up with a whole new world for the podcast, which I will then debut in July. So I'm super excited about it. 
I also would love your input and your feedback. I do this podcast truly because of my listeners. There's no way I would talk for an hour a week spending hundreds of dollars on managing it and hosting it and editing it and promoting it if I didn't like it and if I didn't have your support. So anything that you want to hear about, email me info at chelsearife.com or DM me at chelsearife. And I'll also send out a survey to my email list so I can get some ideas of what you're hoping to hear more about. Because again, your feedback is what really propels this podcast forward. Okay, so now that you know what's going on with the podcast, if you want to start your own podcast, I do have one-on-one coaching open right now. So we work together for either three months or six months, and we are going to work one-on-one to either launch your podcast or refine slash pivot what you already have. So if your podcast is feeling a little stagnant or like a chore, or you hate doing it, but you know you want to, this would be a really great place to get support around. Or if you've been wanting to launch a podcast, but you're like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know anything about tech. I don't understand how to plan ahead. I don't understand how to get guests on. That's what I'm here to help you do. I've had this podcast for five years and I've learned a lot about all the ins and outs and what works and what doesn't, how to grow it organically, how to monetize. And that's what I'm here to help my clients do. So if you're interested, just head to the link in my show notes. You can fill out an application or DM me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram if you want to chat. You could also book a consult. They're very limited in availability right now as I plan for this trip, but I will also put that link in the show notes so you can check that out. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode with Kelly Carlson, the host of One Bad Habit. (laughs) All right, everybody, I am in the studio. Yes, we are live in the studio, professional setup in LA with Kelly Carlson, the podcast host of One Bad Habit podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I'm so excited to be here and see you in real life. (laughs) It is so crazy being in real life right now. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so used to seeing you on a Zoom screen and like screen sharing and liking your stories. I'm like, oh my God, you're right in front of me. I know. It's it's so funny because even like at work, I've been seeing people for the first time. Like this is just, it's exciting to do life more normally. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, oh my God, I can like read your body language and actually like see you laughing or before it was everyone's on mute or blurred backgrounds. I'm like, we're in real life now, which is so exciting. I know it's yeah, it's good. And I, it's, I really, honestly, I was like, Oh, what are you going to wear? I was excited (laughs) to see your style. Oh my God. I thought about this morning too, where I was like, okay, we got to be comfortable because we're in the studio But then, like, I want to look cute, studio chick. And so I'm like, I'm wearing a baseball hat and a little, like, sleek shirt. And I was like, I feel like this is what a professional podcaster would wear in the studio. This is, like, my studio chick outfit. Yes. You're very, like, also, like, sleek LA. Like, you you have some good good vibes. Oh, my God. Well, thank you. And, yeah, we have our coffee. We're in the studio. So I'm excited to chat today because you actually inspired me in my habit journey. Um, just a backstory, everybody, if you've listened to this podcast, you've known for the last four or five years, I am very impulsive. I live by the seat of my pants. I don't even know if that's the right quote. I think it is. (laughs) Like, "Mm, maybe you should (laughs) look that up. Um, I'm an Aquarius. I'm a traveler. Like, I just love letting life unfold the way I feel like it's supposed to unfold. So for the longest time, structure, routine, habits, I would totally shut down at that word. And or those words. And I remember actually when we started working together for your podcast, One Bad Habit, Mm -hmm. 
you were talking about habits and then you posted episodes and then you would post different things from people sharing habits. And I was like, you know what? Maybe there is something to this. And then I noticed also that like everybody that read Atomic Habits by James Clear was changing their lives dramatically. And I'm like, okay, there has to be something to this. So then I started slowly getting into it and eventually I started habit tracking. And now I'm like, I can't even believe some of the habits I've developed. So I don't even know if you know this, but you were a big part in that journey. Honestly, I really didn't until that latest podcast episode when you were kind of talking about how you really got involved in it. And I was like, wow, like I, I didn't even realize that because I was just so trying to figure out my own shit that I think it's hard to see how your interests bleed into other areas of people's lives. And even I think also like with you, like your energy was contagious of how it like bled into mine as well of like the creativity aspect and seeing that there are options. I love that. So we have a very exciting episode coming up because we're going to talk about habits. We're going to talk about how you actually got into this. We're going to talk about podcasting. And I don't think this is a, a surprise, everyone, that habits is Kelly's specialty. And you're actually on the way to becoming a certified habits and empowerment coach. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So let's backtrack because where you were a year ago was not a podcast host. You were not on track to become a habits and empowerment coach. Let's rewind to like maybe baby Kelly. What did you like growing up? I mean, I feel like I really relate to what you're saying of I was kind of impulsive, just kind of did what I wanted to do. I always was kind of fascinated sometimes with structure, but I didn't really, it didn't feel sexy to me mm -hmm. is the best way to describe it. And I would just, yeah, kind of run around and feel almost stressed all the time. Like I was always reacting to life and then wondering why I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And I felt like, I didn't feel like I had a sense of control over it. Mm. And then... And I think that was in almost all facets of life, like beyond school and like it was like school, work, even relationships of going into relationships just because I was like, oh, like they like me. That seems fun. Not really looking into of the structure of what I wanted out of a relationship or like what I wanted my ideal like life to look like and how if someone mirrored that. Mm. And I think through... I don't know, this like whole evolution and journey learning about habits, it just kind of changed all these different categories of how I view things instead of like baby Kelly just running amok, just doing whatever. And what about growing up? Like, did your parents like set any structure for you or habits or did they force any structure or habits? I would say my parents or my mom I love her to death so if she hears this <laughs> um she is very structured my dad not so much um and so she would always try to really force structure and habits on me in the sense of health and wellness and school and I didn't always love it and I know that she probably knows that <laughs> but and so, like, when I got off to college, I just didn't want that anymore. 
But then in some ways, especially with school, like she would put me into tutoring and she was like, you have this designated two hours where someone will help you with your homework literally every single day of the week, which I think is why I did well in high school and did not do as well in college Mm. because I didn't really build that system myself. I was like forced into a, a helpful system. And then it became something I realized later that I needed to figure out that system for me and not rebel against it or be so annoyed at it. Was there a point, because you said in high school you had that help and then in college you didn't and you almost rebelled around it. Was there like a breaking point where you're like, this is really bad, I need structure? Or how did that come about that you realized this maybe isn't working for me? I think it was... I would say once I got my first corporate job because I was held at different expectations and my paycheck being dependent on it Mm. and looking at, okay, like I really need to figure out time management of how to get these things done and deliver. Um, And it started, I think, in very small ways at first of, oh, I have like true deadlines that if I fuck up, I will get in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it I think that honestly first part of those deadlines and me caring a bit more about being excited about being in a new realm um is what then started to infiltrate like other little things. What was your first corporate job? Um I worked at Sonos, which is a speaker company. And I was an accounts receivable analyst for, I honestly just left that, but I was there for about four and a half years. And from my knowledge, accounts receivable is a lot with numbers. Am I right? Yeah, it's a lot of data, a lot of numbers. I changed role. I did almost every role on my team by the time that I left. And it was, it was a lot for someone where I didn't really have an accounting background So I had to learn so many things on the job to then be able to balance the sub-ledger to the general ledger. And yeah, it was kind of crazy. Well, and to your point earlier, not only are deadlines super important, but you're dealing with numbers of the company and clients, I imagine. Like this, these aren't things that you can just be like, oops, sorry, my mistake. Just brush it under the rug. Oh, yeah. When I made a mistake, it was always like, Oh, no, because especially once we went public, because I was there before we went public and then all of those numbers and everything that I was doing when we would close out because it's all the revenue is posted to the public and then talked about in the earnings calls. And so it was really fucking scary. Like if I messed up because I had to explain everything, every nuance And it was, and for me, it made me feel, especially in the beginning, really insecure because I was like, I don't know the language. I don't know anything about this. And how do I practice this discipline and looking at all these little things? So how did you practice that discipline? Um, I was really thrown into the fire. I realize, and I think it's something, honestly, I'm still really working on is learning what things to prioritize I would almost say, like, I know you had um, Deanna Joy on, like, the multi-passionate thing is figuring out how to find, like, intensive focus Mm. because at some points I was doing multiple people's jobs because people were leaving. And so I had to really zone in 
on certain things. And I, I didn't always do very great at that because there was a lot happening. But that was, I think, the biggest thing that I learned from that job is even if you have too much, what is the one thing you can just do right now that will kind of almost make the other things better? And you know what's so interesting about the school system is like high school, you actually have a lot of structure. It's like an hour for math, an hour for English. Then you actually take a break. And then even in middle school and younger, you have recess. You have downtime and you're like forced to play outside. And then you end at a certain time. You might even have extracurricular activities. And that's very regimented and structured, too. Then all of a sudden you go to college and it's like you have three classes a week. And they're at the most random times and you basically have five days off and you're like, well, I'm also a social person and I want to party and I want to meet people and I want to just have fun. It's like Disneyland for a young adult. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to switch and get back to regimented nine to five, very serious. And I'm like, it should almost be the opposite. It should be like high school is like fun, playtime, a few classes. College is super regimented to then prepare you if you're going to go into the corporate world, because I think high school replicates more of the corporate structure than college does. But then you get these four years where you're kind of running around and then expected to, like you just said, be thrown in the fire of like, not only do you need to learn how to do your job, you need to understand time management and efficiency and prioritization. And it's like those things aren't even really taught in college. No, I there's so many things. I agree with you 100%. There's so many things that you just have to learn on the fly. And I don't understand why really nothing is taught, especially if, you know, there's this pressure or what most people do in their career trajectory. It's like you're going into corporate, you're going into these careers, but no one teaches you how to negotiate your salary. No one teaches you how to re- um, even just research, you know, what you should ask for or what benefits to look at, what questions to ask, what things, you know, your day should even look like or what boundaries you should even set. Almost like you think of like the habits and best practices of what you would want out of your corporate job. Like no one tells you shit about that. And then you just go into it and there is none of that structure. And for me personally, like I think too as a woman – I was getting underpaid for like most of my time there and it's not my company's fault. I just didn't realize I could ask or that I was getting underpaid. Like it was literally my own ignorance because I never knew that. And yeah. And yeah, you're not taught it. Like you said, we're not taught it. Not only that, the benefits thing is a good point too. Like all of a sudden when you're a millennial or you're not millennial, sorry, in your 20s, it's like, invest in your 401k, start this, start investing, start saving. And I'm like, I I don't remember learning this at all at any point in high school or college. It's just a message like you're bombarded with. Mm -hmm. So then it it kind of makes you feel, and I think you said this, like a little bit insecure, a little bit imposter syndrome of like, am I an idiot? How do I not know about what to contribute to my 401k or employer Mm -hmm. matching and taxes and health insurance? And like you said, salary negotiations is like, this hush hush thing and then you realize I'm getting like making two times less than my coworker who sits <laughs> right next to me. It's actually wild to think that we're all of a sudden just expected to like know this in year one of a corporate job. It's crazy to me and I think it just bleeds into so many areas because I it's really like how to ask for things, how to know what you want. 
And it has almost this self-worth level there of if you knew about it before, you can dig into that, work on it, know how to communicate, know how to set boundaries at companies, know what habits you want to practice once you go into your career. You can kind of start to build a known structure of where you want your trajectory to go. And then, but instead we're just all thrown into it. So I hope you figure it out. And yeah, you should just know these things. I'm like, right. well, no one told me them. So exactly. I don't know. <laughs> and would you say you're a millennial or you're Gen Z cusp or what? Um, I'm a millennial. You're a millennial. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking about this with my cousin where I'm like, millennials are in this very weird middle ground where our parents were like, you work at a job for 40 years, you put your head down, you shut up until you're a manager, and then you retire. Where then our generation was like, wait, we could do that. Or we also could like job hop and experience a bunch of different jobs. Or we could start our own companies. Or wait, we could have side hustles and like open an Etsy shop and start a podcast and like sell products like and have our job. And now Gen Z is like, fuck that we're literally skipping college we're not doing anything we're writing for vogue at age 23 we're making millions of dollars on tiktok i'm like it is fascinating to watch gen z just like give the middle finger to everything and be like we're burning it down and i feel like they're the ones that are like yeah we don't care about salary negotiations we're gonna create our own path and i'm actually like really interested and inspired by the way gen z has been handling their own career trajectory so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you work with any Gen Z people and like see a trend of like the middle finger to how things have been I I also find it inspiring because I never in my wildest dreams thought to break out of that structure um I like I wasn't even sure how long I would be at my old company I was like well I just like like it and I like the people and I had a fun time and then the pandemic hit and I was like I don't see any of my people anymore so I kind of it made me start to think about other things but it's crazy and inspiring I keep using those words because I think what Gen Z realizes that maybe like millennials and like the previous generations are realizing now is that you have a choice Mm -hmm. and that you have choices and you can kind of always pick all of your adventures if you have the time and capacity to do that yes and there was so much ruckus I would say when I decided to leave my old job to my job that I'm in now which is still corporate I work at PayPal but it was a completely different field and it allowed me to have just a more calm day-to-day for my own nervous system and you know my family was like are you sure you want to do that? Because they've all worked at the same place for just years and years and years, or at least worked somewhere for 10 years and then right. moved on. And then that that is their job for the rest of their life. And I was like, I'm making this decision whether everyone is happy about it or not. And I just, I don't know. I'm jealous of Gen Z because I don't always think they face that pushback. Like my roommate, I think she's Gen Z. And she's so creative. She's like, I'm just going to go and, you know, be an art major and become a graphic designer. I remember when I thought about doing that, my family was like, that's not sustainable. Like, no. And I said, okay. And she's just doing it and now works for a big company and everyone gets to experience her art because it's in packaging. And I'm like, wow, that's 
so cool because you just went for your passion and because you were authentic about it, you were able to monetize that and live your life and live in freaking Santa Barbara. Yeah, I know. My sister's the same. They were she works at a huge tech company and they were in training and they they're making what I made like four years into my corporate job and they're like 23 years old. And they were already talking about negotiating their salaries in like six months in. And I was like, aren't you in training still? Like, I'm so confused. And they're like, yeah, but we like we deserve to be paid more. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like three 22, 23 year olds negotiating like six figure salaries. And I'm like, damn, like I just did not have that moxie. I didn't even know, though. I don't even think it's that I didn't have it. It's like I just didn't know. Like you said, I thought I had to stay in these jobs. And I think it's just the messaging from our parents which I don't blame them. They learned from their parents who literally did work at jobs for 40 years. So it's like you just kind of pass down the way that you you learn. Mm-hmm. Like right now, if I had a baby, it's like, oh, yeah, I probably would still be like, oh, I don't know. You might need to go to college. But then there's part of me that's like, I don't know. I've seen these Gen Zers like blow up and have perfectly fine, OK lives without that education. But I, you know, it's hard when you're when, like you said, you have a structure for so long, you just don't even think you can break from it. This is like. Also, something I'm finding really interesting, too, is people's families' backgrounds. Like, my mom is Puerto Rican. My dad is American because that's, like, he's English. I think people are like, American's not, like, a real thing because we have, like, <laughs> Such immigration. A right. Exactly. But um, culture, I think, plays a lot into it. I'm curious about, like, your family's background. Have you noticed, like, any influence of, of like structures from different cultures like drilling into how you grew up or was it just like the American way? Ooh, that's a really good question. So I have a really, I guess, mixed background. So my dad is also American. He's like Swedish, Italian or something. And then my birth mom, she passed when I was really young. She was a full Japanese. And then my mom now, um, because my dad remarried when I was young, um, she is also American. I think she's like Irish and something else. But they both came from my my dad is a self-made man. And so my grandma like really worked a lot. And then his my grandpa was very artsy. And then my dad, he never really got his degree in college. He just took a bunch of classes and worked places and was like, I'm going to start my own company. And so my dad was very entrepreneurial and I think he's he's always been really supportive of the podcast and this passion because he started his own business um and but he is like I want you you know to be financially secure um and I think he's always been concerned especially me being a woman of me being set up he's like I don't want you know you to feel like you're dependent on a man if you get in a sticky situation and then my mom like her family has always been Uh, My mom now super structured and really driven to you need to be successful Um, because my grandpa, her dad is like kind of a hard ass. It's hilarious, but like he really is. And so like my mom's whole side of the family is very successful, just extremely so. And but then also I think my Japanese side like gets really tied into that because they, you know, like all went to USC basically and my uncle was a pharmacist and then my aunt was very creative but she you know worked in graphic design all this stuff and like was really successful in that so everyone is really successful and really worked at the same jobs forever and is like 
stability is all that matters. Work is not supposed to be fun. Work is your job and that's how you live. Fun is after work. Mm. Fun is the weekend. <laughs> and, you know, my mom would always grill into me that, you know, my generation always wants fun to be the center of everything, but that's just not the case. And I think, I guess, going back to what we were talking about, you can make fun the case of you loving your job, at least most of the time. Right. Or, you know, like 80-20 rule. Yeah. I think, again, it goes back to like the American dream is like you work, 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 and then you can enjoy life in retirement where I feel like millennials started seeing this different way of life where it's like, actually, I could work and enjoy my life now throughout I retire and then now I feel like Gen Z is like I'm gonna enjoy my life the whole way through it's like the whole thing is just being a little more spread out and a little more extended but what was interesting is what you said too of um, work is not supposed to be fun work is like work and then you can go play later and I think that's oftentimes the message we're fed especially in America is like Mm -hmm. you have to earn your fun you have to earn playtime you have to earn rest And it causes this really harmful mindset of like, I can't even, you know, eat until I finish this email or I'm not going to go see my friends until I'm done finishing this website or whatever the case is. And now, because I think of this shift, we're starting to like break free from that a little more. And this is where I want to get into habits a little bit of like, I almost feel like sometimes you need to make like a habit around playtime and being like, I need to rest. So let's get into the habits conversation. You're in corporate America, you're at Sonos, and you're kind of like, I'm trying to prioritize, I'm trying to understand how to do this, but I'm figuring it out. Was there any moment where things clicked, where like someone showed you the ropes, or you read a book, or you listened to a podcast? Like, what kind of was that light bulb moment of like, hmm, I could change the way I'm doing things? Well, it really started with, so when I was at Sonos, I started dating someone who's also at Sonos. Um, He's no longer at Sonos, but... So we started dating. He, um, our relationship ended and it was a kind of a rough breakup. He was, he wasn't like physically abusive, but he was pretty emotionally abusive where once that relationship ended, it made me really think about all of the habits and structures and behaviors and choices that I've made where I was at this point. Um, and it rocked my world because I was like, what do I really want out of my life? Like, I was about a year out from college now, and it just put everything into perspective of, oh, I can choose to not be in that type of relationship again. I can choose to have happiness now and feel peace. And okay, now that I know that I have a choice, how do I get there? How do I figure it out? And I had gained a lot of weight in that relationship because I was the one thing I felt like I could control was food. Um, And then once he was gone, I was like, okay, Kelly, the one thing you can figure out right now is just how to take care of your health and figure out what food, your relationship with your body, all that stuff for you because I was having some hard body image stuff. And so I started listening to this podcast called Primal Potential with Elizabeth Benton, and it really changed my life, I would say, because she would just talk about how the power of now. She's like, 
You don't need to change your whole life. Just focus on the next five minutes. And I wrote a sticky note and I put it on my desk at work. And I was like, just focus on the next five minutes, Kelly. What is a nice thing that makes you feel good that you can do in the next five minutes? And that just kind of rippled into so many parts of my life. And at that moment, I really was just focusing on food. But reminding myself of that mindset every day and reading it at my desk just made me feel like a sense of peace and a sense of calm that, okay, it's really going to be okay. Because I was just really emotional at that time and not didn't. Re- it was my first serious relationship. So I just wanted to find some sense of stability and create that as I was grieving. I have also been in a an emotionally abusive relationship and the the harm that it causes to your self-esteem and your worthiness and everything you think about yourself is so, in my opinion, like detrimental. Like I remember just feeling like, wow, is this how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life is just really shitty and am I not good at like picking partners and am I like just a like not a great partner like it just made me question myself and I'm curious like for you like you just said it was really really hard and it always fascinates me how people can come out of that mindset and be like oh wait I do have the choice to change my thoughts I do have the choice to change my life but it can be so hard to get there because you're like it's just so far off in the distance and it sounds like this podcast really helped you Were there any other tools or people or books or anything that you started to realize like, okay, it's not me. Like it is something that I can work on. And also this person was just not a great person. Like how did you shift that blame away from yourself? Ooh, I think, yeah, that took a lot of time. I think trying to not feel bad about myself because, yeah, it was very detrimental to my self-image I'm trying to think of how I worked on that. I I honestly read this book that was called, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the title. It had a big ice cream, pint of ice cream on it. And it was like, it's called a break. Oh, it's called a breakup because it's broken. Oh, I've heard of that book. And it didn't really like always fully apply, but I just needed some type of affirmation of there's a reason why this happened. And it and the book it kept repeating, like going back to that why or trying not to think of the montage. And that was really helpful for me of just reminding myself of why it happened and trying to remind myself of those feelings. And then, you know, reiterate back to myself of what feelings do I want to cultivate in my life and what will do that. Also, I listened to this TED Talk. Um, I think it's probably like the most listened to TED Talk if you search breakup. I can't remember what it was called, but it was by this man. And he talked about a study that was done where it followed couples. I forget, a handful of couples. And then once some of them broke up, he said, okay, well, how do you feel now? And they all, or like, how did you feel initially? And then how do you feel after the breakup? And they said it all was not as bad as they were expecting. And they Mm -hmm. all learned and grew from it within 
yeah, within that moment or within like the next year or so, they became somewhat better or they got invested in a hobby and they actually benefited from the breakup instead of what they thought is that they would be just sad forever. That's so interesting. I We definitely need to find that TED Talk and link it in the show notes because yes. I know people are probably struggling with breakups. I know for me, my breakup still sometimes hits me out of nowhere. Then I'm like, how is it still bothering me? But it sounds like I need to watch this talk. But it also sounds like you were really seeking out things to make you feel better or look forward. And at some point, habits become part of your life. When did that come into your life? So habits became a part of my life when I was listening to Primal Potential. And she was talking about you don't need to try to change everything at once, but just changing one thing or choosing one thing. And for me, I was like, I don't know how long I can work on one thing, but I'll try for a week. And so that's when I started my One Bad Habit at a Time account was literally my first post their archive now. I like took a picture of almonds and I said, for this week, I'm going to try and see if I like nuts in the morning. And that was literally it. And each week I would pick a new challenge for myself just to try something new to prove to myself that I could do something for seven days and stick to it. And then, you know, see if I liked it or not. And then next week I would try something new again. And so that was really what I did for probably about a year. And somehow me trying something new and I think the repetition of repeating to myself that I could do something for seven days is what ended up changing my life. Like I built entirely new habits because of that. After a year, I ate totally different and I looked at my body image completely different because I did a challenge of I would write down um, any like negative thoughts that I have and then I would do a counter thought and that really changed how I viewed myself I also did Instagram where I followed a lot of like all different body types because I just didn't want to see the same one and compare myself to it. And that completely changed how I viewed my own body of being like whatever size I'm at, like I'm beautiful. And that was really important for me to reiterate to myself over and over again because it's something I'm super passionate about now is that if you're not happy in your body presently you're not going to be happy when you reach that goal because if you can't see your own beauty now how are you ever going to see it um and having that mindset and so yeah those weekly things just really rewired and created new shifts in my brain of how I just looked at everything in life wow there is so much to unpack there and I think one of my first questions is why did you start the Instagram account? I needed accountability. Um, I knew that my friends just loved me and they would just support me in whatever I did. And so I needed something else to hold me accountable. I think that's always been for me, even with um, starting my own podcast or my own goals now, even though I don't know how I feel about Instagram, it's been an amazing tool to keep me accountable to my goals in a really fun way to express myself. I love that. And then you said you were just doing things seven days at a time. 
Was there any point in your journey where you, quote unquote, fell off? And how did you reconcile with that? (laughs) I tried to do keto for a week. I didn't really understand keto. And so I just failed it like most of the week. And then, which was hilarious. And then I remember I posted something like, sorry, guys, I don't really think I actually did keto. I <laughs> I don't know what I did. It wasn't keto. It was something, something, something diet. Something diet. I was like, I don't know if diets are for me. And I also tried to do a no alcohol week, but then it was my best friend's birthday and we were going on like a mimosa boat. So that didn't really work out as well. But I think I did it for maybe three days. And I did see like a little difference because at that point I was like really going out a lot, you know, and doing going out to dinner and all that stuff. So how I reconciled it is, I don't know, I just I didn't want to guilt myself. Because I felt like it would be disingenuous to tell people, like, I fully did it. And then also it felt better, I guess, with me posting on Instagram of being authentic, saying, like, this didn't really work. And my mindset was trying to figure out why it didn't work and what wasn't working for me about it instead of shaming myself. Because my whole life, I think, you know, especially with my family, It's been all about if you don't fall through, if you don't do this, like shaming yourself when it comes to like body image and food just because of like the cultures and the stereotypes that were always there. And so I was like, I don't want to do that this time because it's been so negative for me and gives me so much anxiety. I was like, I want to figure out a way to find a structure that kind of frees me of that anxiety and I can just be genuine. I love that. And it sounds like the baby steps probably helped regulate your nervous system, like you said, instead of overcommitting to, I'm committing to a year of no alcohol or a year of keto. It's like, I'm just going to do seven days. And I think that's more manageable for your brain. And I think like now I'm, this is all clicking for me. Like baby steps is what James Clear wrote about in Atomic Habits. I remember seeing the name Atomic Habits and I thought the word atomic meant like incredible like incredible habits, like huge, like amazing, massive habits. And then when you actually read the thing, it's like, no, it's such a small habit. It's almost like a joke. It almost feels like you're not even doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Atomic Habits, I think, played a big role in your journey, or am I making that up? No, it did later on. Later on. So originally, I don't know if the book had, I forget what year that was. I don't know when the book came out, but it wasn't on my radar. And... I read it, I think, maybe last year, and I hadn't been doing the weekly challenges for a while. Um, And when I read it, it really gave me context to all of the science and studies of what I was doing and I just didn't know about. Mm. Because when he talks about all the different structures and literally being strategic about how you can set yourself up for success, it really blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's why that worked. Or, oh, my God, like, I can get even deeper on this to figure out how I can set set myself up for success now, especially in wanting to, I don't know, in, in this new phase, I feel like you're, like, research mode. You kind of mindset shift. And now I feel like I'm in this new era where I can really apply the things that I'm learning 
And that is what has been really helpful for me right now of, oh, like I can look through all these methods, see what I want to try to create the life that I want. And James Clear just, I don't know, busted the door open for me on that of the habit stacking and how to make things attractive has been really life-changing for me of, oh, that's why your brain remembers and repeats things is because it benefits from it and it thinks it's fun. And this whole idea of fun for me has always been so important. Like we were talking about before this joke of, you know, your job can't be fun. It's just this. I'm like, well, our brain literally likes shit that's fun and remembers and repeats it for us for a reason. We were built that way. So why not live into that code of just genetics and how we're wired? I love that. And what's interesting, like you said, it sounds like you were already doing it and then James Clear just added like language to what you were doing. So when you were reading that book and you said, oh, that's why that stuck. Is there a specific habit that you remember that you almost like didn't even realize was that big of a habit? But then a year or two later, you're like, this actually was a lifestyle change. I think it really started for me with with food. I used to eat differently. And I remember the first thing I ever changed was what I ate for breakfast and trying to make breakfast fun for me. And that's what I tried for seven days, but then I really enjoyed it. And so I literally have been doing it until today of the meal that I know I can focus on, that I can be healthy and fun and delicious is breakfast. And then it actually changed how I eat all of my meals, how I even approach exercise, um, how I approach my body and my relationship with food instead of Sometimes I would look at food as the bad guy. It made me look at food as a companion that's here to support me. I love that. And yeah, it was crazy to me, like when reading James Care, like, oh, that's kind of changed my identity of how I view 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 blah, view food or how I take care of myself. And I've noticed too. I follow you on Instagram, and I've seen you like working out outside and just like changing up your routines a little bit. Can you walk us through what prompted that? Oh my gosh. I I think it was when I was trying to figure out my habits and everything and get my power back after my relationship ended. I wanted to do a run in Santa Barbara. It's called the She is Beautiful Run and the profits all go to a nonprofit called Girls Inc. And it was, I think, for a 5K, and it's all outside, and the trail or the run actually was by my apartment at that time. And so I started trying to be able to run a 5K, and so I, I would run outside for, like, a whole summer. And then that kind of changed my relationship to wanting to be outside more, and I realized that I liked that just from trying to run, you know, once a week or so. I love that because it's... Again, it goes back to like the way we're told is like go to a gym, lift weights. You have to work out for an hour. You have to do cardio. And I feel like, again, we're like, do we? Like, do we have to do that? Can't we just do a 20-minute Pilates video by the pool and listen to our own music? Like, I don't think it's that crazy. So I love that you've been really like testing your own structures and being like, can I expand? Can I break this? Can I do it a different way that, like you just said, makes it attractive and fun for me? And what's interesting now is you 
have developed such incredible habits and seen the life changes that it's brought you that you've now gone after a certified habits and empowerment coaching certification. Can you walk us through what also brought you to that level? Because that's a whole new level of commitment to habits. Yeah. So um, honestly, podcasting. So when I signed up for, yeah, for you to be my podcast coach, I throughout that process, I was like really insecure, kind of putting it off. And there was a, like a lot of life changes happening. And then once we went live, there was this shift in me of, oh my gosh, I actually accomplished something that I've talked about for years and that I've always wanted to do. And once, you know, that was live. And I think also I switched jobs too. So there was like both these things happening at the same time where it's like, I picked me. And then I created time. And then I was like, okay, now that I have time, I can fully launch in January of 2022 with my podcast. And then all of a sudden, I was like, Kelly, you can do this. Like, you can choose the life that you want. Like, you created time, and now you're doing this. And so, and once I started getting more comfortable with my voice, and honestly, also one of your old clients, I don't know if you guys still work together, K-Sky, I saw her post on her story of just client testimonials. And I thought, that's what I want to do with my life. And once that happened, and I realized from working with you and seeing I have choices and that I actually did like podcasting and being creative is when I decided I'm going to figure out how to really make this my life. And then I signed up for the programs called Lumia. It's with um, the angry therapist, John Kim. He helped co-found it. And so by the end of this year, I will be a certified habits and empowerment coach. Oh, my God. I actually have chills because I'm like, it just feels like that's what you were meant to be doing because you've embodied it. You've lived it. You've seen the transformation that it's brought you. And now you want to pass on that transformation to other people. I think that's one of the best trajectories is like, I've done it. I've lived it. I'm here to help you and and want to spread that love and that magic and like show people it is possible. Because I think sometimes we're like, it's not possible. Like, that's lucky for her. Of course, she can say that. And it's like, no, I actually did go through some shit. I did go through a hard breakup. I did mm-hmm. go through a life change. I did go through issues with my body and I made it on the other side. And I think that's really, really powerful. Thank you. I It feels really exciting. Like, I've always been a very nervous about school and doing it on my own, kind of like we talked about of me setting up that structure. But I think, you know, with this whole process, me choosing to do it and realizing like I'm choosing this because I want to, I show up to class. It's on Sundays, every Sunday, just so happy to be there and so excited to learn about all of these topics that I actually give a shit about Mm -hmm. that are helpful in coaching, but also just relationally. I so. love that. Yeah, it's going to help you. Like, even if you choose never to do anything with this, the fact that you are committing to a program, following through, and this content you're learning, like you said, that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like you can't even get rid of that. It's like it's just <laughs> going to be in your DNA. Like, habits have become part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. So I just want to end with two questions. And I think because we're talking about habits so much, People are probably wondering, like, what's the best way to develop a new habit or stick with it? And what advice would you give? So my advice, I really love the seven day rule. I don't know if, you know, that's even a real thing or not. But I would say, number one, try something for a week and see how you like it. I would document it 
once you're done with the week of, okay, how did that make me feel? Or if you didn't follow through, kind of look at why, because you're trying to find your patterning of what works and what doesn't for you. And it's not about trying to follow some ideal routine. It's about finding the routine that works for you and your lifestyle and your day-to-day. And I also think um, either, I mean, there's two concepts. I think one of them you, you do as well, but making it attractive. And so if you are doing whatever your task is, having some type of reward for it, if it is a daily task, a daily reward, if it's a once a week task, you know, like a once a week reward, And then making it as easy as possible and as small as possible. For me, I would say like the biggest example I could give is I've been trying to go to sleep earlier. And for me, if I'm fully ready for bed, I just, if I'm, yeah, fully ready for bed, meaning that I've done all the brushing your teeth, washing your face, I just go to sleep. So I try to brush my teeth earlier in the evening because I, it, weirdly triggers me to wind down and go to bed earlier so it could be literally as small as brushing your teeth at nine instead of ten that's a good one I've been also trying to go to sleep earlier and I haven't figured it out so I feel like I need to try this one yeah see if it it works and then you know figure out what like a reward would be for once you're in bed Um, but anything that you could make as small and easy as possible trying it for seven days and see if you like it or not and if it works and what doesn't work and then trying again the next seven days and seeing you know what tweaks you want to make oh i love that the seven day rule it's it goes back to baby steps instead of over committing i'm gonna do 30 days it's like no just give yourself a week i'm now realizing i've accidentally done the seven day rule while i've been here in la i've been waking up and walking along the beach and now after five days, it's like my body wants to keep doing it. So even this morning, I'm like, if I'm going to do it before we record, I'm going to have to do it at like 630, which I don't even wake up at 630 ever unless I have to catch a flight. But it's like my body is in that mode now of like, don't you want to walk and see the sun and get coffee and then have your day started relaxed? And it's like my body craves it now. And again, I'm not someone who wakes up at 630 and does that. So the fact that I now my identity is like slowly shifting again. It's only been five days, but still it's like the fact that I even wanted to wake up early today to do it is crazy. And I'm like, I think it's because like you said, I made it easy. Like my headphones and everything are ready to go. I I pretty much wear what I wear to bed. It's like leggings and a hoodie. And then I already have podcasts lined up that I want to listen to. So I'm not like the mental overload isn't there. It's just like, wake up, plug headphones in, head out the door. And I think that's what you're telling us is like, it almost has to be a joke how easy it is to mm-hmm. set it up. And then you probably do a bit better in the success and completion rate of it. No, exactly. 100%. It's, it's so helpful because the ultimate goal at the end of it is showing yourself that you can succeed if you set the right expectations. I feel like I repeat that a lot on Instagram and in my podcast, but you really want to show yourself you can win because those small wins create momentum and they start to shift your identity because it's constant little mindset shift that start to build a culture around a certain value love that and then what about bad habits because we all have bad habits we want to break is there a very specific like i don't know piece of advice or thing that you've tried that would help people break a bad habit Ooh, i would say that um One of the rules, I don't know, I think maybe James Clear says this, but that 
Habits can't be deleted, but they can be replaced. And so if you have a bad habit, I think a good example, let's say, I don't know, sweets. Everyone, So many people have sweet tooths. And so there's nothing wrong with eating sweets, but maybe like the amount of sweets that you eat. Maybe you have like some sweets during the day and you don't want to have a sweet at night. Using some type of replacement that still is maybe better for you, but hits that craving and making it really success, um, not success, but accessible and visible, I would say is like, for me, the best recommendation or making that task extremely painful of it's out of the way. It's a lot harder for you to go and do the thing that you normally do. Um, and you know, maybe even like if we're still on this food topic, like putting it in a more difficult place mm. or, you know, and then making the other option that you would like to eat just right on the counter and doing different things like that has been helpful for me when trying to change bad habits or replace them. Yeah, I think that's a good point that it's we're already in such a culture where we, like we've been talking about this whole time, have to like punish ourselves to earn things. And I think it's a much better reframe to say, how can I actually enjoy this thing? Like I'm going to replace the bad habit instead of punishing myself for having a bad habit. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. And like you said, making it attractive. Like maybe you want to eat more bananas, like put them in a fun, bright bowl in the middle of your table and put flowers around it. Like that's way more attractive than like a banana hanging up somewhere in your pantry that you can't find it's turning brown you're like never mind I don't want to eat it it's like that's not really going to be attractive or fun so I love this idea I'm already like thinking of ways to make everything in my space more attractive and exciting and easy because I think that's the thing it gets to be easy and I think as Americans it's hard for us to comprehend that not everything has to be hard work but I think you being here just shows like seven days at a time easy track it reward yourself you will get there Yeah. And I want to say one thing I actually learned on the drive here is that um, willpower is a finite resource. And so if we are making things harder for ourselves or punishing ourselves for not doing things, when at the end of our day or when we go to do the things we want to do, it's so much harder because all day we're fighting ourselves. And so figuring out a way to make something easy actually um gives you your willpower muscle back so you can choose things that are outside of your normal routine that you want to invest in and do so if you can make most of your day easy um it'll make yeah all of those other things more i guess easy to choose that feel a little bit harder yeah it's like the mental overload it's Mm -hmm. like if you don't have to think about decisions all day then your day just naturally will get easier that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. well this has been an incredible conversation and i just have one final question i ask all my guests this this podcast is called in my non-expert opinion clearly you're an expert in habits what is something that you're not an expert in that you wish that you were paddleboarding i bought a paddleboarding kit last summer I barely used it and I really want to have that be something that I just do and that I'm really good at I can't even stand up on it (laughs) so I just I want to get into it and be that person who throws on the wetsuit and swims on the paddleboard in the morning I live so close to the beach it feels like a shame so that's definitely something that I want to become expert in 
Well, we'll keep an eye out on your Instagram, see if you start habit tracking paddle boarding <laughs> and see you on your wetsuit. Maybe it'll turn into like paddle boarding one habit at a time or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll We'll see see. stay tuned everyone well where can everyone find you and connect with you and and where's your podcast tell us all about it so you can find me on instagram my main page where i kind of just post kind of mostly life updates and some podcast stuff is at one bad habit at a time and then my podcast instagram where you'll see all my quotes and little audio clips maybe some sneak peeks is at one bad habit podcast And then, um, as we talked about, I have my own podcast called One Bad Habit Podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. And I think that's it for right now. But it's just One Bad Habit Podcast. And, yeah, we go into a lot of different topics on there about habit building. I interview a lot of different people about their stories on how they started small and I'm excited for throughout the year, we'll really dive into different categories of how people start small and shift things within themselves and how that bleeds into other facets of their life. We just did one on NFTs, which is exciting. And so, and I'm not very well versed in that. So I'm really hoping to talk about more things I'm not well versed in to see how you can start small. Yeah. I think even doing that is like habit building of like, habit building to talk about things that you normally don't talk about yeah that's amazing yeah. well thank you so much for coming on i know this is going to help so many people and everyone go follow kelly go listen to one bad habit you're gonna learn a lot thank you so i'm i'm honored that you have me on i'm very excited so thank you so much this was such a fun conversation well there you have it everything you need to start new habits I am literally staring at two of my habit trackers right now. I have one for self-care and creativity, and then I have another one for reading and movement. And they are huge poster boards or whiteboards right next to my bed. I check them off every night, and if I don't check them off, I either circle it or put an X and then put the reason why so that I can go back and review what were the reasons and see if that is something that I want to improve on or if it's just like, yeah, that's fine. For example, right now, if I don't move, I call it I call it an R because I rested. And so when I look at all those R's, I'm like, wow, that's a nice balance of rest instead of, oh my God, I didn't get my exercise in the day. I'm such a piece of shit. That's definitely not what I'm trying to reinforce to myself is to show myself how I'm consistent and a healthy person. So give it a shot. Go get a whiteboard, poster board, whatever you need to. And I hope this conversation with Kelly helped you so much. Whether you want to start habits, start a podcast, be sure to go follow her One Bat Habit podcast and One Bad Habit at a Time on Instagram. Of course, I will link everything in the show notes. And just a reminder, this month, if you leave a review, send it into info at chelsearife.com or DM me at chelsearife. Take a screenshot right before you submit the review because oftentimes it gets lost in the Apple universe for like three weeks and I want to make sure you actually get the prize this month. So just take a screenshot, DM me or email me, and I will send you a link and we can chat about your podcast. So whether you have a podcast or you want to launch one, these consults are perfect for you because we can break through some of that mental clutter and find some clarity and then take the path of least resistance. I am all about working smarter, not harder. And I really think one of my gifts is seeing how I can make something that feels really complex, really easy. So if that's what you feel like you need, then this consult is perfect for you. And lastly, don't forget the podcast is going on a mini summer break 
for the rest of June, I won't be airing any episodes, but then come July, I'm going to share some episodes that I've been on as a guest. I think it would be really cool for you all to hear my story when it comes to habits, when it comes to how I moved on from breakups, when it comes to how I became a podcast coach. I think those stories are really interesting where I'm the guest. So I think it'd be fun for you to hear them. So I'll be re-airing some of those. And then I will be doing a lot of on the ground coverage of my trip when I get to South Africa and continue my travels for the next four months. So gear up, get ready. There's going to be a lot of travel and lifestyle content coming, but I want to make sure that I am all adjusted in South Africa to the time zone, to the culture, everything. And then I want to make sure that I capture as much as I can, the local culture, what my experience is like, talking to people on the trip with me. There's going to be a lot of cool content coming up. And I'll also share about how I'm working abroad and adjusting and managing clients and all that stuff. So stay tuned. I'm going to get you all really involved with submitting questions. I might be starting a free community where we can all connect. This is all coming out pretty soon, but I hope similar to me, you're all taking a break as well. It's summer. Let's relax. Let's rest. It's been a fucking wild year already, and we all deserve some downtime. As always, thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to me. Literally, without your support, I would never keep doing this every week. <laughs> and I appreciate you all so much. All right, I'll talk to you guys in just a few weeks after my mini summer break. Bye.